This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. Hey, what's up? Just sipping my coffee right here. I know, right? You got the the off-brand logo. It's curved around so people can't see what you're drinking. Oh, yeah. I'll tell, I don't oh, mind okay. telling them. I'm drinking <laughs> Black Rock coffee. It's a really good yeah, coffee right? shop here in Arizona. And they just opened one uh, a few months ago, I guess, by us. So, And actually, I learned that today, the lobby's open. The lobby They'd is. been open for a okay. few months and nobody had ever been inside of it. That's, they were just a drive-through. But yeah. That's funny. Yeah, now the COVID scare is kind of over, I guess. And so they, they're letting well, people in, in Arizona, as of yesterday. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. All, all the Starbucks have opened up. Who yeah, ca- but who cares? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the insides are being opened up pretty much. That's everywhere right. Here yeah, now, yeah. So. Well, hey, we're excited you're here today on Christ Culture <laughs> yeah. and Coffee. We're going to talk about some coffee. We're going to talk about some character. Ah, and yeah. we're going to talk about some charisma. Ooh, some different C words. Some today. different C words today. There's different C, C, and C. <laughs> so it's going to be a cool episode. Coffee, character, charisma. Yeah, that should be our new podcast. Coffee, character, and charisma. That's it. That's it. Here it is. Coming at you. No, just right. kidding. We'll stick with Christ culture and coffee. Yeah, I think that's good. But coffee yeah. is the start of our podcast for today because yep. this is Christ culture and coffee. So, Robbie, you have a coffee tip for our followers. Tell us what is going down with coffee yeah, this week. So I was thinking about a practical coffee tip for this week specifically because, as many of you know, Saturday is Halloween. Yes, that's right. Which means a lot of you are going to overdose on Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Snickers bars. Mm, and yeah. so when you are getting ready for church on Sunday, because you should be going to church on Sunday, um, you are going to be sugared out. That's mm. what I'm assuming. Uh, now, some people can't do just black coffee, can't do coffee with just a little bit of cream, but you're not going to want to put a whole bunch more sugar into your coffee on Sunday morning because the night before, let's be honest, you're ducking into your kids' trick-or-treat bags and you're eating a bunch of sugar. So <laughs> I want to give you a tip to where you can add something to your coffee, but it's not going to give you more of a sugar overload right, than you're yeah. going to already have for this Halloween. Make sense? Yeah, that's great. So this is my tip. You should take one teaspoon of cocoa powder and put it in your coffee with some cream. It's delicious. There's no sugar in it, but it'll give you that like chocolatey flavor. It actually has antioxidants in it more than just in the coffee. So that's good for you. But also cocoa powder. Now, again, not with all the added sugar and stuff, but cocoa powder has been proven to actually lower blood pressure. So if you have high blood pressure, Mm. um, maybe switch and just stick to regular cocoa in your coffee instead of all the sugars and all those other unhealthy things. Interesting. So for people who maybe don't like black coffee as much, does this taste like still pretty sweet? It doesn't taste that sweet, no, because there's no sugar in pure cocoa powder. Right, right, of course. But it tastes like chocolate. So it's kind of, you know how like you add cinnamon into your coffee and it doesn't taste like sugary cinnamon. It's like that. And you're saying this is just when you add cocoa powder. Yeah. Just get cocoa powder out of, you know, your pantry with your baking stuff. Just, just a teaspoon, maybe half a teaspoon, throw it in, mix it up. It's really good. All right. I'm going to try that. That sounds great. Now you could also do it with Nesquik or Ovaltine and things like that, (laughs) but that has sugar in it. And I'm trying to say, Hey, Halloween, you need to detox off the sugar. Okay. So that's the tip for today. Put a little cocoa powder in your coffee on Sunday to get you ready for church without overdoing it on the sugar. Wow. Thank you for that interesting coffee tip. Uh, What's cool is, uh, I mean, it's centered around Halloween. Usually around this time of the year, the past two years that the podcast has been around, we've done 
Halloween as a topic. We've discussed that. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in something in, uh, along those lines, you could go back for the past two years. We've done a podcast on Halloween. Yeah, uh, you could hear our thoughts on that. Um, but then, but for today, we're specifically going to be talking about things regarding character in mm-hmm. regards to the election. Yeah, and that's because this year. There's something more scary than Halloween coming up. What's that? The election. <laughs> oh, do you like that? Yeah. Anyway. I thought you were going to say like Day of the Dead or something. I'm like, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, right? Uh, no. So like, anyway. No. Yeah, we did. We wanted to talk about um, the election. Now, again, we've done some podcasts recently on uh, should Christians be single issue voters? And the answer is... Uh, well, it depends on the issue, but if it's abortion, yes. Um, we've done uh, some other stuff mm-hmm. on abortion, but today we really wanted to focus in on how we are supposed to act as Christians. What type of people are we supposed to be? Because, man, I'm sure I don't, I don't know if you're feeling it, Tyler, but yeah. I'm feeling just like pressure and weight, and there's just anger and angst in our culture yeah. from COVID stuff, but also because of this election, man. Everybody is amped up on both sides, yeah. and when people get like this. They forget that there are human beings who disagree with them. Yeah. And we're called to love our neighbor. I'm pretty sure Jesus said something about that, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And again, we should stand up for truth. And this is an apologetics podcast. So, of course, we want to stand up for what's right and what's true. But we also have to have a certain type of character if we are going to mm. represent Christ well. Yeah. We have to be like him. That's what a Christian is, a little Christ, a follower of Christ. We want to be like him. And so I thought that getting into this volatile time in our culture with elections amping up, uh, you know, once this podcast posts, it'll only be four more days until the election. We can't lose our minds and begin to act like the world. We need to be different, and we need to be kind toward one another. We need to be loving toward one another. We have to represent Jesus well, especially in these difficult times of culture, especially mm. when people are acting crazy. We don't have the, we don't have the um, right and, and we don't have the option to treat people like they treat us. Right, yeah, and you know, something that I recently heard from a friend, it was a, a quote that he heard from a professor. He ended up saying, I want people, I want, he said this about himself. He said, I want to be a pleasure to, to be disagreed with. Hmm. That's now, good. now, the way That's he really what good. he meant by that was saying, "Look, I want people to be pleased by the fact, like, th- by the fact that we disagree because we're on good terms. We speak kindly mm. to each other." That's what he meant behind that statement. Yeah, and I thought about that a lot, and th- th- I just read that today, mm. and I was like, "Wow, this is perfect for what we're talking about." That is, that's really, but it's good. true. Really, uh, I think our goal should be to be a pleasure to disagree with. Be a person who is a pleasure to disagree with. In the sense that you are respectful, kind, and civil, right? Yep. Uh, Because that's what it's like. Our, Our... our goal here is we need to remember that our fight is not with other people. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. what's important to know. Um, I mean, Scripture says in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, I'm going to read this passage here. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole, the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Right? Yeah. So, And this is an important passage for us. And, mm. and like you said, like 
one of the first things we want to talk about today is how our fight is not with other people. Yes. And we get confused on this all the time. This passage explicitly says we're not struggling against flesh and blood. No. It's not the person we're dealing with, right? What we're struggling against is spiritual warfare. Mm. And, man, there is a lot of that going on in our culture, and I think in a lot of different facets, right? Um, Just the culture of death where where human life is devalued in the womb. We're also seeing it getting devalued on the the opposite end with old people, right? With physician-assisted suicide and these types of things. That's a spiritual battle. Because our God is a God of life, and we have to see it like that. And yes, there are people who are uh, uh, brainwashed or tricked or d- in a delusion believing that that's the right thing to do. It's not. But there is a spiritual power behind that that's mm. promoting the death of the innocent, that's promoting the death of the elderly. And so we have to see it for what it is. And I think it's really helpful to, to remember what Paul says here because people are the— the obviously they're they're victims of sin and at the same time we're also perpetrators of it like yeah. <laughs> we're the perpetrator and we're the victim at the same time mm-hmm. but god loves people and he wants to save people and so we can't view other people as the enemy yeah and it's so easy to do right tyler because we say oh those republicans yeah, right. or oh those democrats <laughs> or oh right and we yeah. vilify a group of people instead of seeing them as image bearers of God. Well, and you know what? You brought up a good point there, Robbie, of how you... I, I feel that... I, I've done this too quite often. I've fallen guilty to this, but I think uh, it's come to a point where we need to acknowledge that people are not individually all representatives of their political party. They're not. That, really, they're not representatives of every single facet of their beliefs. Because that's the yeah. thing is, I've met people who are Republican, mm-hmm. who have very different individual views, uh, leaning more Democrat, and then uh, the other way around. Like, it's the same thing. And, and then you see that even in uh, Christianity. You mm-hmm. see Christians who, uh, maybe their theology is a little bit different than yours, right? Yeah. So no, you can't true. you can't just assume that because someone claims that they vote a certain way or that they go to a certain denomination, mm-hmm. that they believe in every single individual belief system in there. And yeah, that's, true. that's the key is we need to realize that we can't put them in the box of the enemy. Of And again, we've talked about this on the podcast before, right? The enemy is also the idea of people who disagree with you, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. We can't put them in that box because you don't if you don't know their heart and where they're coming from, mm-hmm. it's it, not really a good idea to just keep on generalizing people based off no. of their affiliation. No, and it's easy to vilify right. people according to an affiliation. Yeah. But the other thing is there are people in those affiliations that I absolutely disagree with. Yes, yes. Even those people I shouldn't view as the enemy. Exactly, yeah. Right, because they are loved by God and they are a victim of sin just like I am uh, and they're a perpetrator of sin just like I am. But God wants to save them. And so we mm. we have to not view people as the enemy. We should view people as somebody that God wants to save. Yes. And they may be so twisted in their thinking and they may be choosing to do terrible things or vote terrible ways or practice horrific acts in their life. However, they're still not the enemy. Paul says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, right? We're fighting against the spiritual forces of darkness. And so we have to keep that in mind. And I think one of the tactics of Satan is to get our minds off of remembering he's out there bringing these things on and these worldly views and secular ideologies 
He wants us to forget about that and focus on the people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. hate them. That's what you need to do. Hate that person. That's that's right. You feel justified in your Christian belief. Therefore, hate somebody who disagrees with you. We can't do that. Yeah, that is not that's what great. our masters told us to do with people. I want to read another verse that talks about this. Second uh, Corinthians ten three through five. It says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh." For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And again, Paul reminds us that our warfare isn't physical, right? Mm, our warfare right. is with bad ideology, with with lofty ideas raised against the knowledge of God. What he's really describing here are lies. Yeah. We are combating lies. We are combating untruth. And as apologists, as Christians, right, we need to be good apologists who go out and we give a defense for our faith. So that comes into this. We need to be able to help people see the lies that they're believing that are destroying them. But right. we can't treat them like dirt in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. And th that's the key there, right? Uh, at the end of that passage where he said, um, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, mm -hmm. right? We, we need to take the thoughts captive where we realize we we catch someone in a lie mm -hmm. or we catch someone in doing something horrendous or mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? And you take that thought captive and you think, okay, how can I be obedient to Christ and also love my brother and, or sister in Christ yeah. and help lead them to the truth, right? Mm -hmm. that That's the key. It's understanding how to go about it in Christ in obedience to him. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's where, that's where this kind of comes down to. And that, that's how you balance out, Character. I think that's what, kind of what we're getting from Scripture. Yeah, is uh, when you take every thought captive, and when you're being conscious about uh, about the spiritual warfare that's happening in life, then in your obedience to Christ, mm -hmm. then you're more likely to be successful with people too. That's another yeah. aspect. of no, it. No, I think yeah. so too. But point number one: our fights right. not with other people. Our yes. fights with lies. Our fights with bad ideologies. Our fights with spiritual warfare that's out there that's trying to destroy truth and destroy who God actually made human beings to be. Mm, yes. So we should view other people we disagree with, even when we like strongly disagree with them. They're not the enemy, right? Um, they're prey to the traps of Satan. They're prey to the traps of the spiritual forces. But we've got to see them the way that God sees them. Our fight is not with other people. Mm. Yeah, and so our second point that we want to hit home is that God loves all people, and so should we. Yep. Right? Uh, and that that means you love all, all loving all people even means that you love the Republicans or you love the Democrats. You right? mean I should love Kamala Harris? Yes. Right. That's tough, right? <laughs> I so disagree with her politics, man. And yet, she's an image bearer of God, isn't she? Yeah. Yep. And so, is, absolutely and so right. is Joe Biden, and so is Mike Pence, and, and so, so is Donald, is Donald Trump, Trump yeah. and so is Nancy Pelosi, and so is Mitch McConnell, and they're all, they are all image bearers of God. Therefore, yeah. I think he loves them. I'm pretty sure the Bible says this. <laughs> yeah, right? And he yeah. calls me to love them. Yeah. It's tough pill to swallow with certain people. You're like, I can love them because they agree with me. Listen, if you just love people who agree with you, what are you doing better than what everyone mm. else is doing, right? Yeah. So, so I love That's absolutely true. I love how John 3.16, you know, and this is a familiar verse to a lot of Christians. 
But Jesus told Nicodemus, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Mm. So God, because of love, moved by love for the whole world, sent Jesus. That's the type of love God has for all people. God, he actually loves people. <laughs> yeah. He actually loves all people. Yeah. And this is such an important uh, concept we need to remember because we can so often vilify people and we can yeah, justify right. hating them, right? It's something to remember too is that is the question of what love is, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the key. Love is action. It's something that you do. And that's, that's how you love your neighbor. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to read Hebrews 2, 9 really fast. It says, but we do see him who was made for, little, for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Yeah, taste death for everyone. Right? Yeah, so, so that's an action, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus decided, I'm going to taste death on behalf of everyone as an act of love. Does that include Donald Trump? Yes, and it also includes the people who were hating him. Yeah. Does that include Judas Iscariot? Yes, it does. It does. It That's huge, right? He tasted death for Judas. Yeah, that Imagine is huge. That. He tasted death for Judas. He tasted death for Donald Trump. He tasted death mm. for me. He tasted death for Kamala Harris. He tasted death for Adolf Hitler. Yeah. That, that is love. To love us, to me, Hitler, and Trump, all three dirtbags. <laughs> it's true. He loved us so much that he would taste death for all of us, right? That's a huge, that's a huge type of love. God loves all people, and so should we. Mm, and this is yeah. where we, we see the act of love that God um, accomplished in sending his son and that Jesus accomplished in dying for all people and tasting death for all people. And then Jesus tells us how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. Mm, yes. Uh, in, in Matthew 22, he's asked, teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? And he doesn't hesitate. He says, oh, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then he says, and the second's like it. So he says, and the second greatest commandment is that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Mm, You should love your neighbor as yourself. And our neighbor is who? Who's around you. Yeah, everyone. Everyone. You should love the people around you as much as you love yourself. And and this is a question that I'd like to ask my Republican friends. How are you at loving Joe Biden as much as you love yourself? Hmm. This is a question I'd like to ask my Democrat friends. How much are you loving Donald Trump as much as you love yourself? How are you doing at that? Because, see, we, we're called to be much more than Americans as Christians, right? Yeah. We're called to be like Christ. Now, the beautiful thing about it is he actually lives within us. Yeah. And he lived this out perfectly in the past. Therefore, if we let him, he can live this out through us. We are his body. We are his hands and feet, which means standing up for truth, which means standing up for injustice. Mm. But it also means loving people that you strongly disagree with. Yes, that's so And that's true. hard. It's hard for me to relinquish control to Jesus in that situation because I right. want to make that person pay, and I want to make yeah. them know that they're wrong. Yeah, that's true. And they are wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's not, it's not, I'm not saying yeah. that we're not a tolerance, hey, everybody's right. No, it's not. But in spite of how atrocious mm. human beings are, God loved them, and then he tells us 
to love them like that. Yeah, it's so true. And then we even see Paul in Romans takes this a step further, which I I think is a bold statement. And uh, I'm going to read Romans 13, 8 through 10. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Yeah. He's right. Love sums up, and, 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 and that's what Jesus said. That's where yeah. he's getting it from, right? Exactly, love God, yeah. love other people. That fulfills the whole Old Testament law. If you're focused on that, you won't steal your neighbor's wife. If you're focused yeah. on that, you won't lie and, to your neighbor. And you know what's crazy about that passage is that's right after Paul was telling us to obey governing authorities yeah. and pay taxes. It's literally right, right after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is specifically in the context. He's talking about politicians, right? He is. That's the modern... The yeah. past day con- uh, politicians. That's no, yeah, what and he even talks to. about paying taxes to who it's rendered to, which sounds a lot. It's crazy. It sounds a lot like when Jesus says, "Give unto Caesar what Caesar's," yes. which is in the same exact story as when he says what the greatest commandment is and what the That's second right. greatest yeah. is. So Paul's doing like the same thing Jesus did here. Yeah, yeah. It's but because yeah. it's because that's the thing. Back then, a lot of the cultural hate was towards the government officials, right? Yep. That's what was happening in that day. And so so this really struck home with people, right? Mm-hmm. So so imagine that, like, right? Paul coming out and saying, love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law, right after he was talking about obeying the law. Yeah. And these people, who, what book is this from? Romans. So where do these people live? In Rome. In, in yeah, Rome. Rome. Yeah. <laughs> and where was the governing uh, empire of the world at that time? Oh, in Rome. In Rome. So literally, Caesar's <laughs> yeah, their neighbor. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally, the Senate right, yeah. is their neighbor. This would be like if you lived in D.C. and you're like, oh, geez, I live right down the street from Donald Trump. He's your neighbor. He's your actual neighbor. He's your <laughs> neighbor. We're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. In this, the whole law is fulfilled, yes. like Paul says. So, so point number one is that we are not fighting against other people, mm-hmm. Right. The enemy is not other people. Point number two, God loves all people, and he commands us to be like him in that. Yes, that's We so true. should love all people. And then point number three, we are called to pray for elected officials and for our enemies and for those who persecute us. Now, this is tough. And, <laughs> and I've been a, a Christian for most of my life, and um, I, I'm going to just give you an observation of what I've seen. Okay, when there is a president in office who Christians like, who evangelical Christians like, so I'm thinking I was kind of young for Ronald Reagan. I don't really remember much of it, but you know, you had George Bush Senior. No, evangelical Christians did not like Bill Clinton. Uh, George Bush, George W. Bush, uh, Christians, evangelicals liked. Uh, Evangelicals did not seem to like Obama, Um, and then evangelicals like Trump. That's what I've observed. In, my, in the circles of evangelicals right. I, I work in, um, they like the Republican yeah, yeah. side because the Republican side does line up more with Christian values, especially in regards to abortion, right. obviously. Um, <clears throat> but this is the thing that's always bugged me. Since Trump's been in office, when Bush was in office, there are people at church and people on social media always talking about, you know what, we have got to pray for our president. It's so important to pray for the president. 
I agree with this 100%. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. When a Democrat is in office or somebody that yeah, Christians disagree that with, no. they don't say this ever. It's true. And yeah. it doesn't say that we're supposed to pray for them when we agree with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it says we're supposed to pray for our elected officials. Yeah, like, uh, imagine that. Like, and, and, you know, we're not saying that it's not tough. That's the thing. Like, like thinking about wishing blessings upon your uh, the candidate that represents the party you disagree with. Sure. That's that's tough because yep. – but the thing is, is that's that's also a part of loving them, right? It is. It is. And that's well, that's one of the very few little things I think we can do, right? I think it's a yeah. little thing we can do, but it's also a thing we're commanded to do. We are commanded to do so it, yes. I, yes. I, I do want to read – so we got a few scriptures here I think really important when it comes to this. Yes. So, so Romans 12, 14. Now, again, this isn't necessarily about politicians, but listen to what it says. Paul says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Mm. Bless those who persecute you. So he's writing to Christians in Rome, and this is ramping up to the time where Nero starts burning Christians at the in his dinner parties. Right? He covered yeah. them with sap from trees, tree pitch, and he used them as human torches. Um, Christians are getting thrown to the lions, right, uh, in the Colosseum. Yeah. This is all ramping up to that. And Paul – so so think about this. We, we have lived through nothing like that no, in our no. country, in our life. Paul's saying, listen, even the ones that are persecuting you and they're going to throw you to the lions or they're going to light you on fire to illuminate their pagan dinner parties. <laughs> you bless those who persecute you like that. Bless and do not curse them. Mm. Why? Because God loves all people. Yeah. And so should we. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's huge too. Even the, the do not curse portion of that. I, I see so many people that have cursed Joe Biden or have cursed Donald yeah. Trump and b- both sides. I've seen, I've heard people in person who I know wish death upon Joe Biden yeah. out loud. Or, see, and I've seen all over social media and stuff about wishing death on Donald Trump. Yep. And I've heard, I've heard from both sides. Yeah. I've heard people saying, you know, oh man, I wonder if some crazy person will make an assassination attempt on whatever yep. candidate. And you go, hold on a second. Like, I'm out here. You literally wish that people die because they disagree with you? I don't because, because I want them to come to know no. Jesus, right? Right? Yeah. And and I don't know where they stand in there. I don't know if Trump's saved or if Biden's saved. I have no idea, right? But I want them to be. Yeah, right. And I don't just want them to be saved to go to heaven. I also want them to live a life that's not full of lies and full of slander yeah. and full of backstabbing. and full. Because I can look at both of these guys and go, man, your life doesn't seem to be the abundant life that Jesus <laughs> promised, right? Yeah. And yeah. I want that for and them. Yeah. And yeah. so we're supposed to bless those who persecute us. And if mm. that's if we're supposed to bless people who persecute us, we definitely should be blessing people who don't persecute us, but we just disagree a little with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's huge. Yeah, and I, I'm going to read another passage here. It's First uh, Timothy two one through four. It says, first of all, then I urge that entre- entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all goodness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, see, I I think that passage hits exactly with what you were just talking about, Yeah. right? It's not just that we should desire for them to be saved and live the abundant life. This passage literally says that that is God's will. Yep. God, God, God wants, wants them, to be, them saved. to be saved. God wants them to live the abundant life, right? Yep. And by doing that, it's even commanding 
that we should should be praying for kings and authorities, right? We should be. Yeah. We should be. I mean, I think this specifically talks about praying for presidents, praying for senators, praying for congressmen. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is what it's saying. Pray for kings and for those who are in authority, right? Mm. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We need to be praying for them. I love it too how he says, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings <laughs> be made. When was the last time you thanked God for Joe Biden, Tyler? <laughs> Thanked him. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> that's can, a tough one, right? I feel like you can like you know bless someone or like pray that pray yeah. that they're they're healthy and well without, without thanking God for them. <laughs> yeah, right? but it's t- it's a tough. Yeah, right, it, right. This is a tough passage, and it and it's crazy because yeah. here here's something I think that is fascinating. Are you ready for this? So Paul is writing to Timothy, and Timothy. Do you know where Timothy is in this? This is an intricate question. I've, I'm just wondering if you know. Oh, yeah, well, you mean the time frame? Yeah, where is Timothy located? I don't remember off the top of my head now. Okay, so this is is great. Not at this point. Paul sent Timothy to Ephesus because he planted a church there, and then things were going crazy because there were these rich widows coming in, and they were kind of controlling the elders. So he sends Timothy to, like, like gut the leadership and to put new people in leadership there, okay? So he's in Ephesus. Ephesus was one of the big cities mm. in in uh, on the Mediterranean at the time. It's in modern-day Turkey, um, but it was uh, a huge port uh, at the time. The, the ocean came right up to it. There were all this intercultural mixing and, and people from all over the world, and they had this huge temple to Artemis there. Right. A false god, right? <laughs> huge temple, like one of the seven wonders of the world, I'm pretty sure, at the time. It was yeah. gigantic. <laughs> it's also... Now, now going back to Acts... Paul is in Ephesus, and he's planting churches. Witchcraft was huge there, but it talks about how he shares he shares the gospel, and then there's all these Ephesians who start burning their sorcery books. And this is nuts, yeah. right, because they're turning to Jesus. So yeah. that's awesome. But then what happens? Well, Paul starts speaking against idol worship, and there's this huge um, commerce, there's this huge um, business in Ephesus for making idols of Artemis, mm-hmm. And selling them to all of the people that come, right? This is a huge industry. So he starts speaking against idol worship. The makers of the idols are getting mad because they're going, that's cutting into our business, bro. (laughs) Like, stop saying this is bad. So they cause a riot. And this is crazy because you can go to there to this day. There is the, um, uh, the amphitheater in Ephesus. It's there. It's excavated. You can stand right where this happened. They're getting really upset with Paul. They drag him to the amphitheater. And I think it says for an hour... The whole city was chanting, long live Artemis of the Ephesians. Long live <laughs> Artemis of the Ephesians. Yeah. They're, okay. And Paul's there, right? And they're mad at him because of what he did. Yeah. So okay. That's right. So think about this. You're in Ephesus, that place where there was that crazy riot and the politicians didn't do right by me. Yeah. Pray for those guys. That's a huge, like, because literally Paul had been persecuted by the very people he's telling Timothy he needs to pray for, mm. the people in authority in, Eph- in Ephesus. This is huge. And, I, and I, I'm sad to say I don't see this, this virtue in a lot of my brothers and sisters in Christ, and especially when it comes to election time. Yeah, yeah. Again, it doesn't mean we waver on truth. It doesn't mean we waver on who we're going to vote for. It does not mean we say, oh, it's up to your conscience and you can, like yeah, Tim, this, Tim this Keller's been saying that kind of stuff. This doesn't it's turn into that cultural idea of tolerance, right? No. Where, where you say, oh, you just, you let whatever happen just because. That's not what we're saying. No, 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 no. Because Paul stood up for truth. 
the, the Artemis artifacts were wrong. It is not good to worship idols and false gods. Right. He didn't back down on that, but he still cares about the people who persecuted him because of that. Yeah. How do we become a people group who can stand for truth and do it in a way that is very loving and kind and we don't waver on it. Yeah. That's where I think we need to dive in. And, and character development comes into that. And, and Tyler, the only way we can do it is if we're abiding in Jesus because he came full of grace and truth. Yeah. And I want to be full of grace and truth. And it seems like in our culture, you have to be one or the other. You have to back down on truth and just be a nice person and let people walk all over you. Or you stand yeah. up for truth and you're a jerk and you don't care. And Jesus was neither of those extremes. Yeah. He was, he was truth and grace together at the same time. And I think that this is something we've really got to fight for and we've really got to rely on the Lord for, mm. um, especially during this time. We can really be a light to the culture on how you stand up for what you believe, but you're also loving to people who disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. And, and what I think that there's some practical ways that you can look at this in culture today too, right? Like I think maybe that looks like uh, not bashing out the people people on social media who disagree yep. with you or blocking them, right? Or yep. not yelling at your uh, relative who disagrees with you at Thanksgiving, right? Yep. Like there's there's ways that we need to be taking... Even if they're yelling at you. Even if they're yelling at you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. No, that's right. Because a lot of times I think that we justify... Acting a certain way if they if they struck first, right? Yeah. Who drew first blood? That's what it becomes about. Yeah. Everything I was doing fine until they Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And then and then you redirect everything. And no, that's not right at all. It's not. That's not. And and that's not the way Jesus did it. And that's not the way that we're called to do it. That's we right. we need to be loving and we need to be gracious in these arguments and disputes with with people who we are called to love. Yes. Who disagree with us. Yeah, it's so important, man. Um and again, I just I don't see it happening. And again, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with either side going to rallies sure, yeah. or promoting who they want. Yes. Um, I, I do think as Christians, we need to think through the issues. And I'm very convinced on the positions that we hold with abortion. And you've, you've got to vote for life. Yeah. But I don't need to view the opposite side as the enemy. I don't need to treat them bad. I need to love them and tell them the truth. Mm. Uh, I love yeah. this too. So straight from Jesus in the greatest sermon ever given. You yes. ready for this? Matthew 5, 43 through 47, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says this, You've heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I am saying to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven. Because he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same thing? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? This is huge. Yeah. He's totally revolutionizing what it means to love people. And he says that if we love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, then we are being sons of our Father's name. We're yes. representing the image of God because that's how God is to everybody. He makes the sun rise and everybody gets to enjoy it. Yes. He puts rain on the just and the unjust because he's a merciful, gracious God, even to the worst humans who've ever existed. Mm. He's still trying to woo them through common grace yes. to see who he is. And and we play a part in that. How many, honestly, how many people have you heard don't like Christianity? And it's not because of Jesus, and it's not because of theology, it's because of Christians. 
Yeah. Right? That's that's how a lot of cases are, actually. It is. Yeah. So we really should be different than that. Yeah. We really should be better than that. It's, and we can yeah. be because Jesus lives in us. We, mm. we are empowered to be this way. And so I think that this is, it's just, it's such an important thing. And I love what Jesus said. Let me... Let me tell you a story because yeah. this reminded me of it. So a couple of years ago, I was speaking at a church up here in the North Valley, and I was talking about homosexuality and transgender issues. And um, I preached both sermons uh, for Sunday morning, which I thought was amazing. The church let me talk about homosexuality from their pulpit right, twice yeah. on the Sunday morning. Yeah. And then after that, we had like a potluck lunch, and anybody could hang out. And then I did a presentation on uh, transgenderism mm. uh, after lunch, and then I, I took Q&A. And there's a bunch of people who stayed for that and, and asked questions. And this one lady got up, and she she loved Jesus. Um, and I was talking to her husband during the break. But she said something that um, I, I just – I was like, oh, okay. But then I thought about it later, and I was like, no, I should have said something different. Mm. So she stood up during the Q&A, and she said, I don't really have a question, but I just want to say something. She was talking about how her daughter had become homosexual, mm. grew up in the church, became homosexual – left Christianity, living a homosexual lifestyle. And she was, she's crying, you know. It's hard to talk about, obviously. Mm, right. Um, but she said, you know, that her daughter has felt accepted and loved by the homosexual community. Mm. And that we as Christians have a long way to go in showing love and acceptance like that. And as the church, we should do just as good as the homosexual community does, at loving people and accepting people. You know, and she's saying this through sobs and stuff. She sat down and said, hey, thanks for sharing that. But I was driving home, and I was thinking about it because I'm analytical, right? Right, right. And I can, I, I might not have as many emotions as I should. <laughs> so sure. I can take emotion out of it. And I thought, she's totally wrong. Like, she's not right at all. She's absolutely mm. wrong on this, and here's why. Yeah. The homosexual community loved her daughter because her daughter agreed with them on everything. That's what I was going to say to that. Right? That was the first thing that came to my head when you said that. See, you're you're on. You're I was on like, it, man. you've got it. I was like, because really, what's happening here is, of course, they're going to feel more loved and yeah. accepted by the people who agree with you. They agree with them. Yeah, of course. And that's what Jesus says that's, here, right? If you greet only no. your brothers, what more are you doing than other people? We, don't even the Gentiles do that? Yes. Don't even the homosexuals do that? Yes. Don't even the Democrats do that? Yes. Don't the Republicans do that? Yes. That isn't what we're supposed to do. We're not just no. supposed to we're not supposed to love people who agree with our Christian worldview. That's what everybody does in their in their belief systems. We're supposed to love people that totally disagree with us. Yeah. And well, that's the thing. I can, if I were today to just say uh, uh, that I wanted to live out a lifestyle of, let's say I wanted to be a, a human lizard. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just, just bear with me here. Okay. I can go out and I'm sure find some nut job out there oh, yeah. who agrees with me. Oh, there's says, a society of human lizards. I'm oh, sure, I'm are, sure yeah. of it. I'm That's sure what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is one of them. So <laughs> get out of here. So, yeah, so, Sorry so if I'm you're saying, listening, Zuckerberg. Hey, yeah, I got right? my iPhone here. Sorry, Zuckerberg. Yeah, I know he can hear me through my <laughs> microphone. So. No, but uh, I'm saying like just because that I find people who are accepting and say that they want to to encourage my human lizardness mm -hmm. and they too are in this does not mean they love me more than people who are saying, no, you're crazy because you want to be a lizard. Yeah, it doesn't. And, no. And no, isn't no, 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 it no, more no. loving if people disagree with us Yes, and still is. care about us? That's, that's higher love. Isn't yes. it? 
Yes, exactly. And so, so that's where it comes into account. Where it, I think that that was a really good story to think about how Christians should be loving. Yeah. Love is not just acceptance blindly. No. You have to be truthful, but yet there's grace in actually allowing them to partake in your life and you actually doing life with them. Yeah, because right? if we just love people because yeah. they agree with our stance on things, we're not really loving them. We're just kind of loving ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and others that, who agree with and us, now, right? Now, this doesn't mean that loving them either is saying, oh, I love them, but then every time you see them, you can't t- t- have a conversation with them. You mm. completely shut them out. And, and now in some cases, uh, like shutting people out of our lives can be healthy depending on the situation. Yeah, if there's abuse. If there's abuse. Things. Yeah, exactly. But also like, like when you have ideological, huge ideological or worldview differences, yeah, yeah. there's just disruption that happens in relationships. Right, yeah, it's yeah. It's a consequence of it. You it's don't just do what the happens. same right, things. Right. You don't think about the same things. Your activities are different, like all of that. So there's a rift in relationships when right. it happens. Because that's what happened with us and God, right? Our sin made yeah, a huge that's true. rift and separated us from him. But... And then he still yeah. loved us, exactly. even though we were the enemy. Exactly, right? yes. And then there's even those people that are in between all of mm-hmm. that, who it's like, okay, like you strongly disagree with a lot yeah. of what they say, but you haven't had that relationship rift, mm-hmm. but yet you're kind of on the fence of that. Don't be the person that causes that rift. No, always always leave the light on for them. Always yes. know they can come talk to you about whatever, even if... They totally disagree, and you totally disagree with them. Yes, yes. Because there is going to be a time where they rethink things or they have questions about stuff, and they want to know you care for them. Mm. They want to go talk to somebody who knows, oh, you know, Tyler's disagreed with me before on stuff, but he's still kind to me. Yeah, I know I could go talk to him about this. Or I'm rethinking what I said to him before. I'm going to go talk to him about it again. We've got to be people that are like that. And you see, Jesus was like this. It's fascinating. Jesus did not agree with how the Pharisees were interpreting the Bible, but he was fine having a conversation with Nicodemus about it. Yes, that's right. He was fine having conversations with the Pharisees about their theology in public and in private, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't force them to follow him. He didn't write them off because, ah, you losers, you no, don't follow me. He didn't. Nicodemus, you're a loser because you didn't follow me. Nicodemus then comes around and buries the guy. Yeah. I mean, so that's so right. again, how are we keeping connections with people and loving them and extending grace and mercy while standing for truth? Mm, and that yeah. is where it's so difficult in our culture because people think if you disagree with me, you must hate me. And so because that's the cultural mentality, we've really got a lot of work to do to change that narrative. Mm, Say, yeah. no, I can totally disagree with you and I can still love you. And you know what happens when you do that? I see this all the time. Whether it's with a, a homosexual person, a person practicing homosexuality, mm. or um, a, a Democrat, <laughs> or a Republican, <laughs> or whatever, um, it's funny because if you sit down with a human being, and you know you're not the enemy, and you know God loves you, and I should love you, mm. and you talk to them about things, and you're kind to them, and you even say, "Yeah, you know what? I just don't see it like that," and here's why. It's funny because I've had people tell me this. You know, you're not like all those other Christians. And I'm like, what other Christians? And you're like, you know, you know, those ones. And I'm like, I know a lot of Christians. <laughs> right. And I'm like a lot of yeah. them I know would do what I'm doing to you. We, we, they talk with you. They care about you. I've heard Christians say it too. Well, they're not like all those homosexuals. And I'm like, what do you mean those homosexuals? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like they're human beings. 
and we need to treat them like they're human beings and we need to love them in spite mm. of the lies they believe and in spite of our differences. And when we do that, it really does break down this weird cultural idea that if you don't agree with me, you hate me because we're showing them, no, that's not true. I can love you and disagree with you. Yeah, Jesus loves us and he disagrees with us on things. And so mm. we, we have got to help people to realize that. We've got to know people aren't the enemy. Right? We've got to know God loves them, and so should we. And we've got to really pray for our elected officials and pray for our enemies and love those who persecute us and love those people who, who totally disagree with us. Yes. This is the yeah. Christian mandate. This is what Jesus has told us to do. Um, so we should probably do it. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah, I think that's great. Is so. This is the guy who said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yes, <laughs> if that you is love me, do true. what I tell you to do. So... The election's coming up, Tyler. That's right. I know yeah. who I'm voting for. Yeah. I'm voting pro-life and because that is the biggest issue on the topic. If you haven't listened to our single-issue voter episode, you should. If you didn't listen to last week's episode mm-hmm. on graded moral absolutism, you should. But I know who I'm voting for, but you know what? I want to treat people well right. who disagree with me, and I want to steer them towards truth, but I want to be loving and kind. I want to be like Jesus was, mm. right? Yeah. Jesus disagreed with Judas, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's true. And you still wash the dude's feet. Yeah. That's love. This is absolutely key here, is loving people even though you disagree with them. Yep. Yeah. And that's what we need to be, and that's what we need to do, and that's what we need to show, especially in volatile cultural moments like we're in Mm. right now. So let's go do that. Let's be that this week. As a challenge to you listeners... Take some time as you're listening to this show, after you turn off your, your podcast, pray for the president. Mm. Pray for the vice president. Pray for the Democratic nominees. Pray that God would work in their lives and that Christians would be influenced in all four of them. Pray for the people in your local government. Whether you live in Portland and your your governor or your mayor's letting the city burn down on his watch, or yeah. whether you live in you know conservative Texas and you think everything's going right, are you taking time to pray for those in authority over you? Pray for your pastors; they're in a, a certain authority over you. Pray for those who you disagree with. Who's that person on Facebook that you need to go apologize to because you said some stupid remarks to them? Yeah. Who's that person, you know, on Instagram that you unfollowed because you were sick of their... How can we love people in spite of our disagreements? Mm. I think the only way to do it is if we abide in Jesus. Yeah. Because I can't... I'm a dirtbag. I can't do it myself. Yeah. But he is awesome. And do it... (laughs) And he could do it through me. Yeah. Go by through the formula that you find in scripture. Do what scripture says. Yep. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. This would be awesome. And if you do this, please let us know about it. Yeah, please. Um, Why don't you guys seek out somebody who you disagree with on the other end of the political spectrum and do something kind for them? Bake them a cake that doesn't have laxatives in it or anything like right like let's be nice. Do so. Go out of your way to show kindness to somebody that you disagree with. Yeah. That's the challenge for this week. Do it. Go and live out Christianity. Please Standing tell us about truth, it if you do. It. Yes. Yeah, we would Please love to hear us. back about that. So. We would. That would be awesome. Well, this is kind of a different episode, Tyler, but ca- character counts, right? Yes. It's very important. 
as we go about doing apologetics. We're mm. supposed to live as Jesus lived, standing for truth, but being full of grace and love towards others. So yes. that's what we strive to be and do. Um, but we hope this was helpful to you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you could, go rate and review us on iTunes. Um, if, you can, if, you, if you're not on there and you're on Spotify, rate and review us on Facebook. That helps us get more notoriety and reach yes. more people with all this. Follow us on Instagram. You can join the Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders group on Facebook, but you have to rate and review us in order yes, to do yes. that. And it's so important, though, that we get these ratings and reviews because it helps spread the word, right? It helps spread apologetics to people yep. because when you do that, it kind of raises us higher up on the analytics on on Spotify and on uh, Apple Podcasts, mm -hmm. SoundCloud. When you give us reviews, more people will see our podcast. So please make sure you go and do that if you support the podcast. It would help us out a ton. Yep, it really would. So, hey, be praying for uh, the election. Be praying for politicians. Be praying for your pastors. Be praying for local authorities that are over you. And let's live out Christianity. Let's not just be hearers of the word. Let's be doers of the word. Thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.